the next day you're like, how this is really vulnerable, but how do you feel about it being a podcast? And I'm like, yes, like I'm (laughs) so in because this is going to be rich. Hi lovelies. Welcome to the You Relationship Podcast, a show that is all about everything to do with relationships like dating, marriage, divorce, parenthood, and most importantly, the relationship you have with yourself. I'm your host and personal transformation coach, Maria Jeswin, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you my first episode. So not only is this the first episode of the You Relationship podcast, but it's also the first episode of a series that I'm co-hosting with my dear friend, Katrina Marie, where we're taking the book Deeper Dating by Ken Page, which is basically a book about conscious dating. And we go through it chapter by chapter, sharing about our learnings, our insights, and how it applies to our own dating lives. Uh, Katrina and I are both single. So as you can imagine, we have quite the adventures to share about and quite the experiences to apply to the learnings from this book. So Katrina is a sex coach. She's a writer. She's a body sex facilitator. If you've been watching Netflix lately and have seen the Goop series, her mentor, Betty Dodson, is featured on that. And basically that gives you a pretty good idea of what Katrina does in these body sex workshops. Anyways, she is super passionate and very open with her own personal experiences and in guiding others within their own sexual journeys and sexual exploration. Me, my name's Maria Jeswin. I'm an energy worker and personal empowerment coach which basically means I help women create loving, trusting, and accepting relationships with ourselves. So this first chapter that we're covering off in Deeper Dating is all about our core gifts, which we'll go into more detail on within the episode. But some other topics that end up coming up are cannabis and dating apps, as well as what makes us get weird when we're dating. (laughs) This was a super fun laugh-filled episode to record, uh, but also very deep and vulnerable. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. One of my gifts to the world is my supremely smooth listening voice. (laughs) This is making me sound really egotistical right off the bat. Really, (laughs) I feel like my greatest gift to the world um, is me being like radically transparent about my human experience and kind of like a moment to moment process. Um, and not in like a weird big brothers watching and I'm like oversharing everything all the time, but I'm really passionate about normalizing sex, the foundation of that, which I believe is masturbation. Um, so that's really one of the gifts that I give to the world as I normalize sex, I study sex, I'm fascinated by relationships. I'm so curious how I have fucked up in all the same ways and over and over and like the cyclical spiraling nature of how we learn lessons inside of relationships. So I'm definitely not like an authority on any of this shit. I just got to say that off the bat. Um, But I am very curious about these things. 
And so, and I think about them a lot and I write about these things. And yeah, I'm trying to, should we think of when we first met Maria? Do you think that's like a fun origin story? Yes, yes. And then I want to share about some of the work that we've done together. But yes, let's talk about how we first met. (laughs) Oh my God. I think that we first met at, at the retreat. Um, I was like, right? I hope you get this right. I kind of wanted to get it. I like totally fucked it up. We met at a cafe. Gorgeous. No. So I was dating um, right now. He really feels like the greatest love of my life. I've never learned more from a human inside of relationship. And I was, we were in a really good spot, me and this man. And he was the chef on this retreat um, that my friend Elizabeth April, shout out to Liz. We love you. Um, she love was hosting, you, yeah, she was hosting a spiritual retreat and, and I was assisting my partner at the time in the kitchen and kind of just like participating and shooting the shit with Liz at night and just hanging out. And it was awesome. I freaking loved it. And me and my partner at the time, I feel like we're in a pretty, we had a really special relationship. And so everyone was kind of witnessing that because we're also the only couple present on this retreat. And so everyone was just like really curious about us. And I feel like we really opened up about my work and just our relationship. And we were doing things pretty unconventionally and being open about it. So, um, you know, I don't even realize what I'm doing or, or what I'm giving people permission to do just by existing. But sometimes I look back and I think, oh, wow, that was probably a really big moment for for all of us, just being in that place for that weekend together. So it was a really potent, special retreat. And that's where Maria and I met. And I remember being like, oh, this girl's got the coolest camel pants. <laughs> like, the camel pants. I remember I asked you where they're from. And you're like, oh, these are just from Ritz. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite star. <laughs> and I thought we were going to be really good friends because I like your pants so much. It's such a great stuff and moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, I remember thinking you were real cool. <laughs> oh, you're the best. <laughs> you are I'm the having best. so much fun already. <laughs> I'm loving this version of how we met, which is the real version. I don't remember you complimenting my camo pants, but you I still don't. Know. <laughs> it's a heartfelt compliment. I love those camo pants. They are. <laughs> They keep me warm and they're stretchy, so I love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I remember autom- like just automatically being drawn to you and just your very grounded, like peaceful energy. And I remember Liz did a channeling where she told us who um, some of our spirit guides were. Yes. And I remember yours being <laughs> Mother Gaia, and I lost my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest spirit guide that you could ever have. And I was like, that makes so much sense to me. Um, And yeah, and I just remember connecting with you and just feeling so comfortable, just chatting. And I remember seeing you do yoga outside and being like, do you think Katrina would, it would bother Katrina if I asked if I could join her at my level one, my level one yoga skills. And then I didn't ask. I just admired you from afar and joined you in spirit. 
but I was very impressed by you and just very, I felt very connected to you. Um, and I'm so happy that we've been able to continue to be in, in connection and in communication mm-hmm. since yes. <laughs> we've, I feel like we've had like a very um, sisterly bond from the very beginning in a way that I don't drop into like casualness um, with many other um, like clients, I guess. And I feel like from the very beginning, it was like our relationship is going to be healing for each other. It's going to be like a reciprocal healing relationship of where we can just totally drop all the masks and just be ourselves. And that's why I think it's so cool that we talk about dating which is I think the most terrifying thing ever like hands up I'm terrified of dating it's scary (laughs) it's scary it is and I started working with you um, I guess in a more official capacity um, by doing your orgasmic living masterclass. yeah and that was so special and that was in the midst of me just having gone through or deciding to leave my marriage and feeling very scared and very vulnerable and being single for the first time in eight years and not knowing what I was doing and not knowing what was out there. And I was also very like hesitant and scared to even participate in the program. So I'm like, hold on, I need to talk about sex and like on a very deep level and my sex stuff, like, that makes me hugely uncomfortable. And I think that was a massive cue. Like this makes me hugely uncomfortable. I should do this. And of course, like just like doing it within your arms and within the safe space that you even created when you were sharing with me, I knew it was something that I had to do. And it was truly special and incredible and opened my eyes in so many ways. Definitely changed my sexual life like and like that's it's just the beginning um, oh my gosh I like I have no idea what you're willing to share on this thing Maria, but I'll let you share all of your stories yourself <laughs> but I just gotta say like I'm so proud of you as a human for how much you have opened up to your way of being around those areas and just the the playfulness that you're bringing while also like having a very serious side of yourself that's really like what is going on here and how do I do this better like you're very earnest um but also you're bringing exploration and I think it's really beautiful to see kind of like straddling the two like how can this be like serious healing potent magic and how also can this serve like my human and and be nourishing and and playful and joyous so yeah (laughs) well thank you for holding space for me to be able to do that and for all of your support you know I love you lots and I tell everybody about you and I just have so much admiration for you and the work that you do and it's it's so critical and important and you're a massive change maker Mm. on this planet and I cannot wait to see what else you create truly truly i'm, ha- I'm having like a compliment orgasm like, I'm, like <laughs> reaching my upper threshold of like how much praise i can take it i'm like look around the room katrina i'm room. i'm like using all my nervous system tips to with withhold like or withstand more 
more pleasure. That was that was so lovely to hear. Thank Aww. you. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> I love you too. I love this podcast already. <laughs> um, I hope you all are having fun listening, <laughs> listening to us be in love with each other. I just Basically. love being in love with all of my friends and just being like, you're the best. Oh, it's really awesome. How lucky yeah. are we, truly? <laughs> so... Yes. Deeper dating. So this book, you recommended it to me and I would love for you to share, cause I don't even know how it came up for you, where it came yeah. from and what drew you to it. Okay. This is an interesting story actually. Um, so I've been living, I was living in Bali the past winter. I was there for six months and there's a sex educator that I had followed on Instagram, Elena. Her handle is the Yoni Empire. Her words are thoughtful. She cuts through the bullshit and like, she's just, she's good stuff. I really like this woman and also super sexy and sensual. She's the first person whose stories, she did pleasure all the time. She would write pleasure and she would capture this pleasure. And I fell in love with that. I started doing it and I was like, pleasure, pleasure. And I would like <laughs> ASMR into my phone, which I think that could be really fun being like a slutty ASMR performer. Yes. Like maybe that's my next life. But I think it would be amazing. <laughs> I feel like it's going to happen in this life. Just <laughs> Yeah, like maybe next year. We don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so that's Elena. And I was in Bali and I, there was this really amazing gym that looked more like a spa club mix thing. Gorgeous outdoor pools. And I would go there because I loved saunaing. <laughs> and I started seeing that this girl also went to the same gym. And I was like, oh shit, my, my work idol is at the same gym as me in Bali. And wow. I kept seeing her and being too shy to go up to her and be like, hey, because I had her on such a pedestal. She's come so far. Like, she's so much further ahead than me. Um, I respect her so much, you know? And so I spent months, Maria, months, just like kind of <laughs> feeling like this woman's stalker because I watched all her stories and would see that she was like just in the, the same building and then I'd be at that building, just super awkward. And then one day I was like, you know what, Katrina, just fucking bite the bullet and go fucking say hi. This is enough, you know? And I did that. And I think she was leaving like the next day. And so it would have been like my last chance. And she was so lovely. And we just we probably talked for like, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. And she was so personal. And she was like, I'm so glad that you came to say hi, because I never say hi to people in public. Like that's an edge for me. And I was like, oh my God. The instant she said that, I was like, okay, we're on the same level. And she like can tell that I just went out on a limb and she met me there, you know, we had a really great chat. And I mean, there, there's just like so much even in that story of like, you know, holding people up on a pedestal, thinking that they're cooler than you. So you, you like get in your own story in your head and you just hold yourself away from the thing that you actually want. And then you finally get the courage and like you get met with, with like, Hey, I'm not any better than you come here, you know? 
it's just amazing how we're really the only ones in the way of what we want. <laughs> totally. So and so lovely Elena, shout out to Elena from We Love You. Um, <laughs> she, she had just entered a new relationship and she was really um, open with it. I guess not super open, but she was sharing it in her Instagram stories and she would do like close-ups of this man's arms pleasure men pleasure like all of these new flavors of pleasure that involved like a man and I was like oh my god I'm getting hornier just like you appreciate men you know what I mean it was it almost it it made me more interested in men seeing her love for men and so I said you've got to tell me about this new relationship um and then like how did you attract it and we had this amazing chat about how she, she was in the middle of falling in love with him and she was saying that it was the first time she fell in love. Maybe not the first. I'm, I'm probably totally messing this up, but that it was deeper and slower than she had ever fallen in love. And that anxiety that comes up when you're about to fall in love with someone where it's like too fast, too soon, but like, okay, here we go. We're going down the slide together. So we're going to grip onto each other real tight. And we, you know, terrifying. She's like, no, I feel so stable this time. And like, the love is deep, but so is my comfort. And I was like, I couldn't even imagine because we romanticized this like whirlwind of falling in love. And I don't want to fall in love. Like so many unconscious things get clicked into place when we fall in love and we walk into those patterns fast and they like compound on top of each other as we fucking fall in love. And then we're in a relationship full of patterns that aren't serving us. We're in too deep. We're miserable because we went in too far, too fast, too soon. Our nervous systems are shot. We can't have intimacy because there's so much between us because we're fucking traumatized and we (laughs) have healing work to do. And now we're too far deep to even help each other. Fuck, you know, and then it's just the end. And then you have to break up forever and like mourn, like fuck, fuck, you know? (laughs) So this is kind of like how my state at the moment of like falling in love is she's saying all this. And I'm like, you're right. Like, it's a good thing I'm still single. What do I do? How do I get what you're talking about? I want like deep, slow love. And she was like, well, my friend, read deeper dating. It changed my life. Wow. Damn. Here we are. Oh, that just resonates so much. What a beautiful story. My goodness. Thank you, Elena. Yeah. And so when you sent me a message saying, because we had talked about this book, I think a little bit when I first got into it, because I started reading it and it, it said you need a buddy for it to be like maximum impactful. And you know, I like to be maximum impactful. So then I was telling you about the book and then, I don't know, that must've been months ago. And, um, and then when you reached out to me, like, okay, we're going to connect, let's do it. Let's be buddies. And then the next day you're like, how, this is really vulnerable, but how do you feel about it being a podcast? Like, yes. Like I'm (laughs) so in because this is going to be rich. (laughs) Remember texting you and be like, shit is about to get real. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And you're going to come along for the ride, which is I don't even know how I feel about that. The fact that we're volunteering like as fucking tributes here. I know. I know. We don't even know what we're in for truly with this book. Like, Ooh, okay. 
I remember you recommending it to me and I was like, deeper dating done, went on Amazon, purchased it. And I remember reading the first page. Okay. And I'm going to read it out loud because it blew my freaking mind and I have reread it so many times. Okay. So I'm just going to skip a little bit to like the fourth sentence. Actually, I'll start from the beginning. I think, I think that's where I've highlighted it. The new map to love in the introduction. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so gold. I'll just, I'll just go for it. It's not crazy long. So uh, um, so Ken Page writes, I've always loved the song When I Fall in Love. It's childlike certainty is haunting and wise, but it certainly hasn't been my story. And perhaps it hasn't been yours. For most of us, the search for love has been anything but simple. And it's no wonder we've been handed a map to love that guides us away from true intimacy. What do I mean when I say this? Look at the cover of almost any of the magazines that claim to help with dating. What are they telling you to do? Lose weight, dress better, play hard to get, act confident, get out there more. In other words, fix yourself if you ever hope to find love. That's not Uh. self-improvement. I know. That's not self-improvement. That's self-punishment and camouflage. And self-punishment doesn't lead to healthy love. Instead of helping us to embrace our true selves, the singles world teaching, teaches us to improve our packaging. When we finally pause long enough to stop blaming ourselves for our imperfections, we see that this approach ultimately fails. And when I read that, like, and this was, yeah, probably a month ago, very much so in the space of, I need to lose weight. I need to dress better. I need to get myself out there. I need to be available in order to date, in order to meet people. And when I read that, it was like a hell yes. This, this is the truth and not <laughs> the space that I have been in. And so many people, this is the message that they're getting everywhere that they look about what it means to be single and, and how to find the person for you. Um, and it's so false. So as soon as I read that, I, I messaged you right away. I was like, Katrina, like this book, holy shit. I am so in, yeah. so in. Um, it's a powerful introduction. Like I remember I just read the introduction and I put it down for a few days because I just have to read the introduction. It's, it's, it's amazing he's saying such simple things, <laughs> but you hear them. It's like, that's really stupid. Like what we're doing is so stupid. That makes no sense. And it's crazy because we're both intelligent, like intellectual, but also spiritual, pretty self-aware beings. You know, we do a lot of whatever, quote unquote, the work we journal, we do women's circles. We're calling the psychic, like what's, <laughs> oh, human design. Yep. On it. Got it. Figuring myself out. Other lens, love new lenses. Like <laughs> we're about the personal development, you know? And then still it's like, yeah, I've thought the exact same thing. Like, oh, you know, gain some weight in Bali, a year after, I'm going to give myself one year to, you know, let my body adjust. And I bet y'all find like love after that. What the fuck is that story going on in my brain that I have to wait a year so that my body looks like it did 
a year earlier when I was like at the peak of anxiety and mental health, not goodness. And I'm wishing for that body back when like, you know, I haven't, I haven't had as fun or I laughed as much or felt as deeply as I ever have in this larger body. And like, that makes me infinitely more valuable as a human. And here I am just like wanting to fix my flesh suit. I know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like offended by my human. I know. My gosh. Yeah. The, the body thing and the body image thing has been massive for me as well. I gained a ton of weight over the past few years. And even when I think about when I, the last time I was single, which will be, you know, almost nine years now, um, I was much slimmer literally putting myself out there, going to the clubs every single weekend. I love hearing you talk about the fucking clubs because when I try to picture you in a club, I'm like, where's Wonder? And like, why isn't she in pajamas? (laughs) I can't imagine. I can't even imagine you at the club. Like that must've been so much work for you to like create that um, mirage. So much work, so much work. I will send you photos. I remember oh before my God, I yes. the club, you know, there's the photo booth app on your phone, yeah. I mean, on your laptop. So I would get all dressed up and then I would sit in front of photo booth and I would do different poses to try and like feel sexy. And then I would usually drive to my friend's house and then we would start drinking. And basically I would just have to drink my way through the night. And even when I was at the club, I didn't even have like, it was so nerve wracking for me to even make eye contact with anybody there. And the Uh. only reason I was there was to pick up. It wasn't about having a, having a fun time with my friend, kind of. It was like, I'm here to meet guys. And it was such a struggle. It's so outside of my comfort zone. Exactly what you're saying. Like I am, I am an introvert. I like to be comfortable. I love to be <laughs> yes. my dog. Uh, my dog didn't exist then, at least not in the form that she is right now. Um, and it was painful. And then I would wake up every Sunday, very hungover and pissed if I didn't meet anyone, you know, and this was an ongoing cycle. Uh, and I was using the law of attraction and like doing everything that I could to, to bring in a partner. Um, And now, you know, nine years later, looking very different, but still hearing those things coming up for me in my head of like, oh, well, if I was slimmer, then the really hot guys on Tinder would swipe right on me. Or if I, you know, if I had a thinking has transcended, like you're, the way you're dating is different, but the way you're thinking about it and approaching it is the same. Yes, exactly. And it didn't work for me then. It it (laughs) hasn't worked for me now. Um, And it was, it was just so beautiful to read that in the book because it's really not about all of those surface level things at all, at all. And sometimes it takes reading it on a piece of paper to be like, yes, I get it. You know? Yes. I have a question for you because I'm, I'm curious. What dating apps do you currently have? What, what dating apps? Dating apps do you use? Do I currently have? I deleted yeah. all of them. Whoa. Okay. Which ones have you tried? I've tried Tinder, Bumble, 
OkCupid, The League, and Luxie. What's The League? Oh, it's, it's horrible. It preys on people wanting to be a part of something. So it's basically an app where it's like they approve if you can join, if you can join it. And there's a massive waiting list, like a global waiting list of like 700,000 people that you get added to. And every day they count it down and you're like, you're now 650,000 in the waiting list to be joined. And you link in all your social media accounts, like your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, um, your Twitter. And I guess that's a part of the review process. And I was like, oh, and you can bump the line or skip the line by paying, of course. So I was on there for like maybe a week or two. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm getting off this app. I deleted the app. I swear a week later, I get an email. You're no longer on the waiting list. You've been approved. <laughs> like jump on. <laughs> wow. So I jumped on thinking that it would be, you know, singles paradise. Yeah. Um, and I jumped on and it was like, it's the same thing as every other dating app, but they uh. you two or maybe three matches a day. And it's always at five o'clock happy hour. It's like all the marketing gurus just got together to see like how they could make this work. Wow. I do matches. kind of like happy hour. Like I would like that. <laughs> Like, yeah, it would be nice if it was withheld at one hour, you got dropped the things just as a, like, cause I find I haven't had an online dating app on my phone. I think over maybe a year, I tried a little bit when I was in Bali. So it hasn't been a year. Um, but yeah, I felt like kind of yucky about it last time. So I, I haven't used it, but I find that a part of me not wanting to have online dating apps is because if I'm on Tinder, it's like a game. Like I have to swipe through all of them until they're <laughs> no more. And I don't know if other people are that level of committed with the swiping, but at some point I'm just like, I even forget how to swipe. I just want them gone. And the quality is low. Um, it's like, it's really sad where, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I how feel I like, feel about that. I feel like we should do a podcast just on dating apps because that's a whole yes whole ball yes. game it might take us a very long time to get through this book we've, we've well, touched on the introduction we're doing chapter by chapter so every um podcast episode will be another chapter um okay. and that's also because we're holding space for every chapter that we do and so that we can remember it all fondly and and able to reflect on it What's really cool for those of you that are familiar with the book is that there are personal exercises in the book, as well as exercises that you can do with your learning partner, which Katrina and I are learning partners. And then also ones that you can do um, like deeper dating exercises, which you can do with a partner or just practice um, in general. So Chapter. I kind of liked what they were saying about like how to find the partner. I just saw it on the page and it was like, you could ask yourself three questions um, to find a partner who is kind, who has wisdom and who is, who is essentially reliable and really cares about you. That's so nice that we get to be that for each other. I know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That worked out so well. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so shall we get started with yeah. chapter one, your gift zone? The birth on Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so ultimately, and maybe I'll give like a very high level synopsis of what the chapter is about, and then we can kind of feel into it. High level. I love good high level synopsis. Let's okay. From Perfect. I'll do my best. Um, so basically it's all about your gift zone, which if you were to picture a target that has two rings and then one kind of bullseye. So the middle bullseye is, is your gift zone and it's your connection to yourself. It's all about who you are from the most vulnerable perspective. Then there's the zone of protection, which a lot of us live in um, to feel safe and to feel protected. And then there's the zone of disconnection, which is basically the extremity of us not even feeling safe in our protective zone, but basically being in an isolated space in the zone of disconnection. So that's very high level. And what they, sh- uh, what Ken shares about in this book is it's very important for you to determine and understand what your core gifts are is basically learning to love the very qualities that you're most ashamed of. And then that that's <laughs> right. It's like, it's such a mind fuck. <laughs> I know. Really like what are what our greatest gifts are, are the exact same things that we're most ashamed of. Yeah, I know. When I was first reading that, I was like, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? That kind of sounds fluffy to me. Like take people's worst qualities and make them and just tell them those are their best qualities. But as I read through it, I was like, yes, like this a hundred percent resonates. And something else he mentioned was our deepest wounds surround our greatest gift. And it could be something like someone being told that they're too much of something like too intense or too angry or too sensitive, but really that's where their beauty lies. Someone that's too intense, they're extremely passionate and have you know, give their hearts and their, and their bodies and their everything to whatever it is that they believe in and love. Or if someone who is too sensitive, that is beautiful because they're walking through this world with an open heart and and feeling all the feels. Uh, But often those are the things that we massively are ashamed of because they are so vulnerable and because they are so scary to put out there. And most likely at some point in our life, someone either directly said or implied, whether it was an individual or a society, that that is not the right way to be. Totally. Um, It's been really helpful for me too, like understanding that concept um, from also like exes and seeing like the ways that they've hurt me that was only possible because of all of the ways that they loved me. It's like the, it's the same quality that gave me both sides of them. And that's helped me with like grief with, and coming to terms with how I have felt hurt by past partners. Say it's like um, a betrayal that I felt 
that was like how, the negative side of how they affected me. I look at the same thing. It's like, okay, what, what was his gift that also <laughs> is linked to him, like quote unquote, betraying me, you know? It's like, wow, I love, I love how like full on he is about whatever he's doing. Like that's so attractive that like he goes all the way with what he's doing. And it's like, yeah. And when he was doing all the way with me, that was so sweet. And now he's doing all the way something else. And it's like, oh, it's the same. It's the same thing. You know, it's like, you're hurting me so much, but that's the part of you that's the best. So go be the best part of yourself. It just doesn't involve me anymore, which is really painful. Um, And I, yeah, it's just been interesting to think about this, this core wound gift thing that they are coming from the same place and you know finding forgiveness for myself for how I've left relationships for the way that I've wounded people because I see that it's just like a weapon that I haven't been wielding very um nuanced in a nuanced way like with a lot of you know articulation just been kind of like thrashing around sometimes I'm like really carving a beautiful path for someone and sometimes I'm just cutting their head off, you know, just like willy-nilly. And I'm really excited because I've literally just read chapter one and I'm hoping that this book gives us like a greater um, understanding of that core gift wound, whatever you'd call that paradox to this. I know what I'm doing, a little more awareness. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) For sure. And I feel like, so in the first chapter, you don't actually go into like what your core gifts are, although I'm sure you and I have a sense of what they are. It's really yeah. about understanding what activities, what things bring you into your gift zone, mm-hmm. um, what that feels like when you are in your gift zone, and then what are the things that we use to move into the zone of protection and what has helped us get out of the zone of isolation, which... Oh, it's so good. He, this book is really brilliantly put together. Because like, if you're like, what the fuck is my gift zone? I don't even know. He, he guides you into no, like, things to look at so that you can begin to see your gift zone like, very clearly. Like what was one of the things he said, like moments when you like cry or are touched, like that's when you're in your gift zone. And I was like, whoa, that was really cool because there are moments where, you know, you get like special tears that only come at special times. And you're like, that's my gift zone. (laughs) I know I thought of, cause you know, we had exercises to do this and something that stood out to me so strongly of me being in my gift zone recently was when I was in Madrid and mm-hmm. I went to a flamenco show. And like the whole time I was there, I'm like, I need to go to a flamenco show. I need to go to a flamenco show. And I was there with like a colleague. Like, it's not like him and I were having deep conversations or anything like that. We were talking about work and the flamenco started. And it was just like, I felt it through my soul and the tears oh. started coming down. Oh. My I was like, oh, like... I couldn't even believe how powerful it was for me and how touching it was. And there was no logic or anything like that. It was just like a full, like, hell yes. 
and I'm so moved by this. I don't even know what they're singing and it doesn't even matter. And (laughs) that's what I think of being in like my gift zone. Like that was such a strong example for me. Mm, I love that. I'm trying to think of a strong example I had. It is when I noticed like synchronicity and magic in my life. Oh, yes. <laughs> when, like, when, like, enough pieces click into place, where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in a magical playground that loves me. <laughs> like, when I'm in that zone, I, that's, that is good, Katrina, when I'm connected. I fucking love that feeling of just, like, <gasps> when the universe is just, like, giving you all the signs and things are just lining up and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. This is happening. I'm so excited. It's happening. Like, just be yeah. in it. Just be in it. Um, breathe. Breathe, everyone. Breathe. And, like, then your ego wants to pop in and be like, it's not here for long. And you're like, shut up. Like, I'm here. I love it. Everything is just connecting. I will be okay. Thank you. Yeah. The best. <laughs> Gift zone. (laughs) So what are some things that, or activities that help you enter into your gift zone? Dance. Mm. Also getting stoned totally brings me into my gift zone. I'm so surprised you haven't said masturbation yet. Mm. You know what? I think actually, mm, does masturbation give you my gift zone? If I feel like dancing is what makes mm, like the kind of masturbation where I'm like connecting to God, mm. that doesn't start with me being like rolling over and grabbing my vibrator and like rubbing one out. I don't connect to God so much of that. Yes. So I, I love orgasms. So like I like to have those often and I do like the energetic zing of just having like a quickie orgasm Mm. so that's cool but it's like dance and like really embodied slow movements where I find grooves and sometimes it's more like ecstatic but usually it's like really slow and sensual and like my favorite word articulation like just like articulated in like smooth waves <laughs> when I am moving like that and if I'm like naked and I'm warm enough like shit's getting sexy you know and if, if I'm in that place with I've when I enter that place with a partner oh my god it's the most special sex ever so, but that's the way I enter the place is like through smooth, slow, present movements and God bless cannabis. Like, thank you for cannabis for like bringing me, ushering me into that place a little quicker than it would take me on my own. It's very ritualistic for me. It's like, oh yeah, now you're going to stretch, <laughs> you know, and then you're probably going to masturbate. And that's, that's medicine to me. Mm-hmm. Cannabis movement meditation and then masturbation sexual energy yumminess mm, I love that so much <laughs> yeah. or in your orgasmic living master class when a part of of the work that we would do is dance dance for like at least five minutes a day yeah. and I've always been fairly resistant to dancing like usually it's required me to drink to order in order to feel like fully safe and in in my body 
And I remember putting on a timer every morning. I'm like, five minutes? Like, I'm doing it for five minutes. <laughs> I would put on music. And it would help me access my gift zone because emotions would come up. I would allow my body to move in ways that normally I wouldn't allow it to. <sighs> Just be in the space. And sometimes my dog would like, I'd dance along with her. And it was such a liberating way to start my day from a space of just presence and freedom mm-hmm. and our physical bodies are such an expression of kind of what we feel internally. Um, that it was, it was just really amazing to, to do that. And I think we have, I share that with you in terms uh, of my gift zone. Yay! <laughs> you know what? It is really nice. I don't actually know if I've dated someone that has the same gift zone as me, but sexually, I think um, I've had partners who have the same gift zone, or at least we're able to co-create in a shared gift zone sexually. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's great. Yeah. And it's, I mean, oh, it's hard to even talk about that with excess because it's like to remember that that's something that I generated and that sort of connection is possible again. And that's a generation generating power that I bring to the table and I'm asking to be met with that I'm happy of that equation and that I could even be met further, I'm sure, and have someone bring new things to the table 100%. that I haven't experienced. Yeah. And you yeah, so gr- Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the inside of my brain. <laughs> it's really wild because I feel like I could grieve a relationship for like a decade and it would be like still a grief for me. Like I can really let grief just ripple through me like continually. And so it's interesting wanting, I mean, this relationship that I'm grieving ended over a year ago and I'm still grieving. I shed very real tears about it but while also wanting to um, grow and be better to to have like deep, deep dating. I want to date deeply. I feel so ready, but then also mourning someone at the same time. It's like the overlappage is interesting. Mm, And it's, but it's totally a part of being human. There will always be people, Mm -hmm. whether they're romantic partners or not, that you'll grieve over, but it doesn't mean you can love at the same time. They kind of can't have one without the other, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. There's, I forget the name of this poem, something about like the jar. And it's, you like imagine your whole life um, like a jar. And then there's like a tiny little drop that's like this massive problem you're experiencing right now. And it's like, feel the expanse of your whole life and you are the whole jar. Like how big is that one drop? Because that's a tiny moment and you can hold that and be relaxed because it's just one part of the jar. And I, yeah, it's like we can hold, we can hold conflicting emotions at the same time and kind of relax the edges of them around each other so that Mm. I don't feel like we're at battle with our insides, but it's hella confusing sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) For sure. And especially when the ripples from that drop bring up all the things from your whole life to the surface to look at and to heal and... But that's the way it works and that's the beauty 
in it as well. It's a trip. Yeah. (laughs) Another one of the exercises was identifying some of the things that we use to move us into the zone of protection. So Mm. when we're feeling too vulnerable or maybe too intimate, which they go hand in hand, what are some of the things that we resort to to protect ourselves? And you basically exiting exiting the core gift zone and into the ring of protection. Mm. Some of mine are definitely like t- turning my attention outward um, because it feels like I-, I can be isolated or be isolating when I'm in my gift zone because I'm like so inward. Mm. And it's almost like I feel embarrassed, like, don't look at me having this beautiful, intimate experience because you're going to, something's going to come out of me that won't be attractive. And I don't want you to see me like that. So it's like, oh, you caught me. Oh, how are you? (laughs) You know, what's going on here? Mm, The weather's nice. You know, like, just like filling in um, moments of letting myself be seen with needless conversation that that's definitely one of mine (laughs) I can relate to that for sure um for me it's like things even just like the tv or picking up my phone or having a glass of wine or just even being like dismissive and like just putting up the walls is my way of like putting up that protection like being too cool you know my ex used to say like oh you're being cool Maria now and I was like what do you mean I just don't care but meanwhile on the <laughs> inside I'm like crying you know what I mean and that is uh, yeah that is my that are that are those are some of the things that help me feel protected but ultimately are are taking away from intimacy not only with myself but with others um Mm. and what are so what are some things that help you get out of the zone of isolation so say your zone of protection like it's gone so far that you're now at the point of like hermit mode I don't want to talk to anyone I don't want to see anyone I just I don't even want to feel What are some things that help you get out of that space? Mm. Well, you know, I think one thing that puts me in that place first, and they're kind of linked, because my first example was like a little bit specific. It's not such a broad stroke, like feeling like someone's seeing me um, in a vulnerable position and then just filling it with conversation. Yes, I do that. But I think the biggest thing that takes me out of my like gift zone is busyness, like this addiction kind of to busyness so that I, I won't maintain relationships or check in with someone or update someone on my feelings. Like just say, this just came up with my book editor and, and graphic designer. So she's like waiting for me, my deliverables. Like I have to have shit into her and I'm like two weeks overdue. And she's like, um, like what's going on? I'm like, um, I haven't started because I feel really stuck, you know, when really, if I messaged her two weeks ago and was like, I'm feeling really stuck. Um, 
that's it. <laughs> you know, she would be able to like help me because that's her job. <laughs> and then I wouldn't be alone and struggling <laughs> and pretending I'm fine and then feeling guilty about being out of communication. So like, that's kind of the thing I think that goes across the board for me is just like isolation, pretending I'm fine for taking too long, basically. It's like, I'm always feeling bad for taking too long. So I'm just going to not tell you what I'm dealing with and then hurry up for myself when really I'm just freaking the fuck out. <laughs> you know? Totally. So I would say that, so to get myself out of that would be to reach out to people and tell them my current emotional state. Reach out to people that I trust that aren't going to try and fix me um, that will just see me and remind me of who I really am underneath of those things that are rattling around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that looks like, I mean, last month I really hit a wall. I remember I voice noted like five people in one night and was like, I am not well. I'm really <laughs> sad. And I feel like I have a lack of intimacy in my life. And I'm sorry, I don't connect to her. You know, like it was really one of these situations where it was like, Um, yeah, I'm craving intimacy and I've totally cut myself off from intimacy because intimacy is uncomfortable. It is so annoyingly uncomfortable for me to ask for help. So that's really what gets me back into my zone of, what are we calling it? (laughs) I'm like pleasure, but it's success. What is it? Zone of success? Zone of, oh, your core gift zone, your zone of protection, your zone of isolation. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I have been isolating myself, basically sharing my emotional state, asking, asking for help, asking to be seen. To me, to be seen is like the most intimate and alive space to be in. And Esther Perel, who I love, her definition of erotic is like alive. (laughs) And I feel like I, I'm, I get kind of dead in relationships where I feel like all of me isn't welcome. Anyways, I'm, I'm like, yes. oh, I, could, I could go on about this forever. No, but. I love it. it. It's, it's a massive thing. And yeah, I think all, we all ultimately just want to be accepted and loved for who we yeah. are in our most intimate, authentic selves, which is when we're in our core gift zone, which is fucking scary. Um, so I can totally relate to that. And I'm very much the same as you when I am in my zone of isolation. It's like, I need to talk to a friend. I need to talk to someone. And I've been in the same boat as you, um, even in recent months, shockingly, where it's like, I like text or pretty much call like my core people. And I'm like, but I won't do what you do. I'm not like, hey, I'm having a really tough time right now. I need your support. I'll just call them with no context, you know? <laughs> so then I'm like, so then they won't call me back. And, and I'm like, okay, well, like, but I guess this is just for me to deal with on my own. But sometimes it actually is. Sometimes everyone has things going on and the universe is like, hey, you know what? You need to be with this for a little bit longer on your yeah. own. And then I'll go for a walk with my dog and go to the water and just, just move, you know, movement really helps Uh, getting out of that space. Getting outside is a huge one for getting me back and like out of isolation, nature, 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 and like not a park. Like you want to be in like woods 
where wild nature. Oh yeah. That cannabis breath work, calling friends, laughing, like comedy is amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, get out of your house, just like leave your house, please. (laughs) And sometimes honestly, like even just journaling for me helps me to just process all of it versus being in my cycle of victimhood and life is so hard. Sometimes I just need to like write it all out and then go to sleep and just like, just let it go, you know, just feel it. And then, and maybe not go to sleep or whatever my body is telling me to do in that moment. Maybe it's eat a pizza. Like that's okay too. Maybe it's drink a smoothie, although it's rarely that for me, but, um, (laughs) you know, just listen to my body in that moment and honor that, um, and not judge that we're supposed to cope with our challenges and our difficulties and our pain in certain ways that only those ways are acceptable. Um, I think it's really fully being in it and then listening to what our bodies desire to heal and to release. I, I love that you said that because sometimes asking for something really specific, like that might not seem like quote unquote good for you. Like it might be asking for, I mean, not to bring it back to like food, but say you're something really nostalgic that like your inner child is really sad and it wants like a fucking McFlurry with peanuts and hot fudge, you know? Like, you know, you're just giving yourself other things because you're overriding your desire with your head. It's like, I remember I was leaving my marriage and a yoga student of mine, the students are always the teachers. Like it's so nuts. (laughs) And she sent me this article and it was like, your desires are wise, like wiser mm. than anything. And that has stuck with me ever since then. Shout out to you, Jen, for teaching me that my desires are wise. And I remember she became um, a mentee of mine. I was mentoring her to lead yoga teacher trainings. And I had a total crisis. <laughs> I forget what happened, but I was like, I think I'm gay and I need to break up with my boyfriend. And she was gay. And so I was like, do you think I'm gay? <laughs> like, tell me. And she just died laughing. And I was, I don't remember what was going on in my life at the time, but I was beside myself and it was really vulnerable for me to be like, I'm really struggling with this. Like, I need your help. What do you think? And, um, and she was so cool about it. And she was just like, you know, like maybe that is what you want and maybe it's not, but what you want, like, will keep wanting. Like, it's wise. Mm. Trust it. Maybe your small little desire for that right now is just bringing this up for your awareness, but you don't have to be afraid of what you want. It's not going to take you to, like, dangerous places. And, oh my goodness, I, I think that's just so huge because what we can see, like, maybe one, maybe two steps in front of us. And sometimes, like, it seems like a really bad idea. (laughs) It's really easy to like not, not move forward. And I mean, well, we have to like learn to understand our, our nervous systems language in depth so that we can trust ourselves to either like move forward or stay where we are. But yeah, desires are wise. (laughs) You gotta follow your heart. You you like gotta you gotta make moves, or it affects your mental health. I don't know how you felt like towards the end of your marriage, but like I was struggling. Mm. 
Yeah, well, I I wasn't even on my radar to leave my marriage towards the end of my marriage. That's kind of the crazy part for me, right? It's not, I was 100%, I was struggling in, in many ways, but I was still very much committed to the relationship. And when the car crash happened, which what therapists call is like, you know, where the bomb goes off and, and there's no looking back took place and, and, and made me see that I needed to, that I needed to leave. And, and I just felt it with all of my being and mm. talk about synchronicities. That's when the universe stepped up and was like, here are all the signs that this is what's right for you. Because of course I was questioning it like crazy. And it was like, just one thing after the other. Um, and it was like, okay, okay. Like I'm on the right path. This is what I need to do. And my body was like anxiety ridden. Like I didn't, I basically just slept for like the first two days after making the decision. Then it was anxiety. Then there was guilt. Like there was all of these emotions. I felt like mm-hmm. I couldn't trust my physical body at that point. Cause it was just like, in fear mode to the fucking max. You know what I mean? Like ego was running the fucking show, but there was still that like little light inside of me being like, just keep one step at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, just keep moving forward. Mm. Like you will be okay. This is what's right for you. Um, and that's all it really is actually. Um, Barbara Arochina. Um, I love her. Oh, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. She taught me that it's all about honoring every moment and not thinking about what will be good for me in an hour or what do I need to do so I'm okay in 15 minutes. It's like, what do I need in this exact second? And that is the best way to even practice listening to your body. It's like, Mm. sometimes I'm like running around my house, like doing things. And then I I take a second to check in and my back is like screaming at me and I didn't even pay attention to it. And all it's asking is like, Hey, why don't you just like lie down for five minutes (laughs) and I'll lie down. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. The pain has gone away. I'm good to continue or it doesn't. And then I need to stop, you know, and it's, there's so many things and signs that we ignore from our bodies every day and in every moment that if we could just recenter into being in that one moment and making the right choices for ourselves in that moment um, would make a huge difference. Wow. As you were saying that, I was like, whoa, this is what we're fucking up with dating too. Because I think there's so much, I don't know about you, but if I go on a date, even if I'm just crushing on someone, my brain immediately goes to the future. And I'm like thinking about all sorts of future shit that is total fantasy, totally not what I need right now. And then also I feel like there's so much when you're actually with someone in the physical, in person, if you're just in the now with someone, that's very alive. That's very erotic. It's going to be so good. But I think so many of us, because we're anxious, (laughs) truly, are like, we're just living a few steps ahead, trying to control the situation to make the next few steps ahead optimal 
because we think that if we're thinking ahead, then we'll save ourselves. We'll make it better for ourselves, whatever. And really it's like, we just got to like drop down and be here right now. And what's needed right now, what communication is needed right now. And like trusting the vulnerability and the realness of moment to moment. Totally. And like what keeps coming to my mind is like, I think about when you're physically connecting with someone and say like you're making out and it's like, things are just feeling so good. And then they go to take off your shirt and in your head, you're like, oh my God, I didn't shave my armpits or, oh my gosh, I didn't get a Brazilian or, oh my God, I'm not like freshly clean or, oh my God, I haven't done this in forever. And like, oh my God, is he going to just like not want to see, see me anymore? Like as soon as this happens, like there's a million things that can go through our brains instead of Mm -hmm. just enjoying the intimacy and the physical fucking connection, you know, like. I think that the problem is, is that usually we're having so many of those compounded thoughts at once that we're overwhelmed and then we don't actually pause in the moment and say like some stuff's coming out for me. Can I share it? We just move to the next moment. And then we're, we're carrying like all that compounded anxiety into now we're making out and you're putting your hands down my pants. And like, I don't even feel safe right now because I, not because I'm not safe with you, but because I've told myself that I'm not safe to be who I was a moment ago with you. And now we're in the next moment and you didn't feel me back then. So how am I going to know that you're feeling me right now? And this is really, I think, how we overstep our own boundaries is because we're, we're not standing up for ourselves moment to moment and letting what needs to come through, come through. Because we're afraid of like being too much, too emotional, too, too needy, like right off the bat. Like on a first date, if you're like having all those fears up, it's like, man, like I want to be able to talk about my anxiety on my first date because it's going to be fucking high. You know what I mean? Like if I know that, okay, this is romantic, I get weird. I get weird. Like, and I have to acknowledge my weirdness, you know, or there's no turning back. (laughs) Totally. Totally. It's And I love, I love that you always teach that. And I always think of you when I'm going into my ring of protection um when it's like and I just hear your voice like just tell them how you feel just tell them how you feel like just, and I'm like no no get me out of here it's too vulnerable it's too scary oh my god it's so basic right like just tell them how you feel just tell them how you feel what do you mean <laughs> But like, literally, like if you look around our planet and how people are operating, how often are people sharing about how they're feeling? Like that has not been deemed as acceptable behavior. Um, We're out of practice. This was, this was amazing. Thank you. I loved this. Sharing me too. So much fun. Um, We do have, so the next chapter that we're going to be looking at is your core gifts. So I guess this is where we potentially, yeah, I guess where this is where we potentially start identifying them and says a key to finding your beloved and yourself. Hmm. Oh shit. Oh shit. Can I come on the podcast at some point? That would be (laughs) be amazing. (laughs) And we just like fangirl him hard. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, No, but really I, I'm excited to get, into this book a little deeper. 
Yes. So we will be back on this podcast talking all about our core gifts and what we're learning in this wonderful, wonderful book and all of our vulnerability. Wow. And yes, it's been an honor, Katrina, as always. (laughs) Yay. Have a great night and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our intimate conversation and our personal sharing. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is the first chapter of 12. So there's going to be many more episodes just like this one. And please, if you liked it, leave a review, share the episode with others who you think could relate or learn something or maybe just be entertained. And if you want to learn more, about Katrina and the amazing work that she does, you can check her out at My Orgasmic Life on Instagram. And she also has a website, katrinamarie.com. If you want to connect in more deeply with me and follow my journey, check out at Maria Juswin on Instagram, or you can visit my website, mariajuswin.com. 